You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and listeners, we have got the preview show for the USCA American Eventing Championships presented by Neutrina Feeds, which are taking place this coming week at Rebecca Farm in Montana. It is going to be a brilliant week. We cannot wait to look forward to it. Uh, and I am joined by an absolutely bumper lineup. I cannot believe I have got them all in the house, so to speak. I'm going to start by saying a, a very, very big hello to Rob Burke. Rob, how are you? Well, good morning and hello, Nicole. How are you doing? Hmm. I'm all right, actually. I am I am in good form. And there is so much eventing going on at the moment. We've Ooh. obviously got the AEC this weekend. We've got Burley coming up. We have got the World Championships. It is just the gift that keeps Jam-packed. on giving. Jam-packed. Um, yeah. Jam-packed. But yes. Very excited for it all. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, also, Max Corcoran, who I think, Max, just set the scene for us because you are at a horse show uh, in an <laughs> official sort of capacity, um, but kind of casually giving, don't come and talk to me because I'm in a very important call vibes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm I'm here at Great Meadow International getting uh, this competition underway and uh, helping organize and uh, keep all things going here. Uh, it just is the the roller coaster that keeps on rolling. Um, and big weekend, obviously, Great Meadow, because those US combinations will be having a, a final run before Protoni, before the World Championships. Um, now, it's been a while since we've had him on the show, and it is very lovely to have him back. Dermot Byrne, how is Sunny Island? Is it still sunny? Has the rain come for you yet? No, no, I, I'm always interested in how you'll introduce me and I'm never surprised that you pick a weather reference. I'm so British. Um, you are so British. No, it is, uh, yeah, it's kind of weather is as you would expect in this very temperate climate, Nicole, quite average. Um, you know, it rains a lot. It's it's nothing not too exciting. See, I, I have to talk about the weather because we have been in the middle of an enormous drought here in, in Britain this summer. We have had no rain. Everything has been brown. It's just been awful. Uh, and in the last week, the rain has arrived and it never fails to give me. As It's literally hammering on my window right now, listeners. And I'm so happy about it. Um, there are lots of people on Instagram going outside, dancing in the rain, saying it's raining, it's raining. We're all delighted. Um, anyway. Uh, that is just how much we love the weather over here in Britain. Now, finally, the guest who is basically the queen of all things American Eventing Championships, none other than the USCA's very own Kate Loki. Kate, thank you for coming on the show because you love the AEC, but you also have a huge amount to do with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. The AEC has been... Um sort of a, a passionate labor of love of mine at the USCA. I've, I've been here for almost nine years. So um, the AEC is a big part of my responsibility each year. And it's something I care about deeply and, and, you know, really love offering this to our membership. It's truly a championship 
for all levels, but we really um, try and ramp it up and promote the amateurs and make it really special for them and make every single um, champion winner feel like a professional. So it's really exciting. And we're really honored to be moving to Rebecca Farm this year. Small bit of trivia. I think only one of us on this podcast has actually ridden in the AAC, and I'm pretty sure it was Kate. Am I correct? Yes, I rode at the That's AAC. That's right. Yeah, I was uh, at, in Carolina. Uh, Carolina, and I did Georgia when actually Max was my boss uh, when I was riding yes. Honors, <laughs> and Max was grooming there, and we all trucked on down together. So, right. And, we're all here in a different capacity now. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, then, as a competitor competing at the AEC, just give us an insight what that feeling is like heading into a big championships, because there is so much from the amateur all the way up through to the professional, everything in between, uh, that it just gives this, you know, very unique, very special experience. Yeah. I mean, I think that is what's so exciting about the AEC is that. Again, every level feels just as special. So when you head there as a competitor, I think the goal from us now on the professional side of it is to create the most exciting, spectacular championship experience. Um, even for your junior beginner novice kid will feel just as important as the advanced champion. But yeah, as a competitor, you know, I remember showing up and it really, the AEC really has a special feel to it that's different for competitors. When you pull in, you don't feel like you're going just to a normal horse trial. Um, the team has always done a really good job of making it feel really special. There's more atmosphere. There's lots of decorations. Um, there's just electricity in the air when you go there. It's a different feeling. And so as a competitor, that was really exciting. And I think um, nerve wracking too. And I went there <laughs> to compete because there's so much pressure. I actually fell off one year at the AEC on cross country. Um, so that was fun, but I got to test out my uh, handy dandy air vest, which was at the time sort of a new technology for eventers. So every um, cloud, Kate, every cloud. Oh, um, yes. Question for you. Do you get more nervous uh, when you are you know, quite heavily responsible in the organization side of it or riding? Oh my gosh. I think it's equal, but different types of nerves. I think as a competitor, I was always exceptionally nervous at the start box. It's just that adrenaline kicking in. So for me, that was always the most nerve wracking part, which is heading to the cross country start box. Um, but that's also because I had some cheeky horses to worry about. <laughs> I, think, I think now from the organizer side, you know, you really want to make sure you put on not only a really special event, but a safe event. And I think that's what, what wrecks our nerves always is, is creating a, a happy but safe environment for riders and horses. So of course there's nerves attached to that. I think that's a very good point. Um, okay. This year's um, plans, obviously the Broussard family, Rebecca Farm, unbelievably experienced in putting on a show, unbelievably experienced in, you know, really pulling an event together. But how have preparations been going over the last few months as we build up to this year's AEC? Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're really lucky to get to host the AEC at such a spectacular venue. I mean, at arguably one of the very nicest venues in the country, if not the world. I think we're all very honored to get to go there and and work with a team that has traditionally put on 
um, one of the largest and one of the most prestigious events every July, the event at Rebecca Farm. So it's been really exciting for us to get to have the opportunity to tack on a national championship to that venue. For those who haven't been, this venue sits at the foot of Glacier National Park. It is unbelievably beautiful and um, they, they do such a good job at maintaining the grounds and they have an incredible um, system for making sure the footing is next level, top quality. Uh, so we're, we're very honored to be able to host with them. Um, the Broussard family gives so much to the sport of eventing. Rob and Max can speak more to that, but we're just really honored to be able to move out there this year. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, when we first um, when we went through the bid process and and the board chose Rebecca Farm, I mean, it seemed like a no brainer because, you know, as I said to Sarah Broussard and, and Jerome uh, at the beginning, I said, you know, you could just run the normal event at Rebecca Farm. And it's amazing. I mean, it's it is you know, I'm supposed to not, I'm supposed to not pick favorites, but it is one of my favorite events in the world, let alone the States. And I said, you could just run that and it'd be fine. They said, no, no, we're going to run a proper AEC championship at Rebecca farm. So the, the idea of marrying the two is just amazing. So like Kate said, we're so lucky and, and every, every venue, every new, you know, every time we move the AEC and we've actually gone to seven out of 10 areas of the country with the AEC at this point, um, it always brings new challenges and new uh, and new huge like benefits. Um, and in many ways, we get to see a new population of eventers who might not all have been able to make it out to Kentucky or North Carolina or any of the previous years. So, you know, I mean, it's just we've been hard at work, Kate, especially, I mean, Kate gets a huge amount of credit for this. My, she said her stress level still high. The moment we hired Kate, my stress level dropped by <laughs> a half. So, so for me, it's you know, again, she's been working her tail off along with the rest of the staff and the team from Montana Equestrian Events. So we're you know, that was the grindstone. We're going to get it done. I I have to admit that I love the fact that the AEC moved because for me, that's one of the things that make it so special is that you have different challenges, you have a different landscape. And because the US is so vast um, and it's something, you know, in Britain, we we look at you guys and we go, oh, my goodness, they've, you know, traveled 72 hours to get to an event that's over here. that would be, you know, almost unheard of. And for you guys, it's totally normal. And I think actually, you know, moving it around, giving opportunities to lots of the the West Coast eventers to come and be able to try their hand at it and to to experience it just as much is so important. And hopefully it's one of those events that really inspires people as well. I know we've done a grassroots show on the Echo Ratings Eventing podcast and Rosie from our team spoke to a, a couple of different riders aiming for it and the stories that come out of it. There's something that has that real community feel, but that real kind of aspirational feel as well. It's one of those kind of bucket list events. Um, And for lots of different people as well, you know, a bucket list event can be to do with the venue. And lots of people are desperate to ride at Rebecca Farm and, and kind of tick that one off their notebook this weekend. So I love it. I love the story side of it for me. Um, but there is so much going on because we've got all the different divisions um, all the way through up to the Adequan Advanced National Championships. Uh, but it starts at beginner novice. It does. Uh, yes. How many have we got in total this weekend? 
So we have 19 divisions this year. Um, we have somewhere around 500 entries, 500 riders. Obviously, that gets tweaked right up until you know the actual start date of the competition. But um, we've got we offer a junior horse amateur rider division at most levels, and then at um, intermediate and advanced, it's singular levels, also a singular level for modified, which we're really excited to offer now. Um, Bates Saddles are sponsoring the preliminary divisions. And then we, of course, have the $60,000 Adequan USCA advanced final, which will be just so exciting this year um, to offer that uh, west of the Mississippi. So we're, we're excited for a new panel um, not a totally new panel of riders, but a, a few new faces than we've seen in the last few years in the advanced final. So that will be really exciting. Let's take a closer look at a few of those combinations in the Adequan Advanced National Final because $60,000, D. I just think, first of all, we need to put that into context because I think we've said this last year when we did this show, but there are very, very, very few events around the world that offer up a prize fund such as that for an advanced class yeah no i mean it's actually harder to do that in eventing to get that kind of comparison in terms of prize money but i think we all know anecdotally and just from um you know from being around the sport for long enough to know that sixty thousand dollars in a single class is something that uh, is going to make people sit up and take a lot of notice i think one thing about the ac is that you know the financial side of winning something like that is obviously a bit of a game changer but it it probably isn't something that traditionally we've focused on or have to concentrate on because there's so many stories things that have been coming out over the recent podcast things that have been coming out through the usea channels as you look at the build-up and the stories what makes a lot of it brings it back to what makes eventing and the journey to somewhere very special you know the journey to the acs is something that we've tried to capture um, at the USEA and on the on the podcast at various times over the last couple of years and not just this year but you know as we go back it has become something that um, I suppose as you get to an advanced final as you get to a $60,000 class I think if it's only that you're going to have to lead with the money you're going to have to lead with the fact that there's $60,000 at play you don't tend to have that that much in the ACs it's good to talk about it because it's important to say it that it isn't just about participation and journey like there's a pretty big prize at play here in in an advanced class but uh it isn't why this is all happening i think that's a really important point around it looking at it who's going to take it because you know you can talk about journeys and uh you can talk about journeys and emotion all you want but there's 60 grand here so i'm gonna have to look at who's let's talk money who's going home with cash um i mean Jimmy Alliston is going home with 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 money. We we know that, and it really just because. I mean, I, Rob, is it thirty k? Kate, is it thirty k to win this? If yeah, you win this, thirty thousand for first. Thirty thousand dollars. Okay, so let's focus on who wins it because. Um. Okay, how to break this down? I think there is. I think Nemesis for Jimmy Allison is Jimmy Alliston. He has four, he has three horses here who I don't in uh, Nemesis, uh, Paper Jam, and Revitavet Calaro. And I think all three are reasonably tight. Like when I went through all the different records, as you see them, like 
national and international records, they all tend to be, they all tend to appear at the same places. So you've got, um, you've got Rebecca Farm. So Nemesis has already won at Rebecca Farm. You've got Galway Downs wins and uh, probably have one more, Woodside. Woodside, like where you'll have the a lot of the three, a lot of those three will have competed at the same place. A lot of them are like one, two, you know, ones, ones, ones on the record. Nemesis is probably the one as I went through them. Nemesis probably starts becoming the one that you're thinking. Previous win at the venue on the podium in the in the international class in the four star short at Kentucky as well. And I think when you begin to see that form coming through. Just focusing on one rider to begin with, Nicole, it definitely feels like uh, he's going home with cash. And it, if I was picking between that particular three, I'd probably have Nemesis as the one that I would be most drawn to of that group. It's the first American eventing championship that Jimmy Allison has ridden as an American rider as well, isn't it, Max? Yeah, I mean, lucky for America, um, he's just switched his nationality as he's married to an American now and um, all that. So he, uh, I believe in back, it was before Kentucky that did he switch his nationality. So um, it'll be a little bit sweeter being an American now at the American Eventing Championships, even though we do have, I think there's an Australian in there as well, but um, it's kind of nice to have it like that. Absolutely. Um, he's been based over, obviously, on USO for a good number of years as well. So it feels like it's kind of come full circle. And I'm sure that it will really mean something as well. Um, I have got a couple that we need to be keeping a good close eye on listeners because Kaylorna Smith-Cook has a couple of rides here. Uh, firstly, she has uh, Passy Partou, who... Mm. I would say definitely one to be in contention. Um, the phase to watch for them is absolutely going to be the the show jumping. Um, the horse is pretty experienced at the the kind of the four star level of competition um, over the last couple of years. Can just have a couple of poles down in the show jumping, especially as they've gone up to the sort of the higher level of the sport. So look out for them um, and can be down in the low thirties in the dressage reliable cross country so they would be one of my picks and Kaylorna as well has another ride in my bloom who listeners I did just go and do some cheeky online stalking to just check any relation to my balm at all can't find one so just if you had the same question that I did I've already checked can't find I it. think it's it's something with the breeder or the owner but they're not related yes yeah so um but, but Tammy Rudd, Tammy Rudd, Passapartout for long enough that you're kind of t- Tammy has plenty of yes, odds on Passapartout, yes. which means and, you're kind well, of well. That is that is yeah. I mean, we, that um, that's one. Uh, Kaylana was pregnant. Did um, did Tammy ride the horse for her? Okay, okay. Um, but there's some other good horses in there as well. Uh, Mark Grandier has hasn't had the best of luck cross country so far this year. But they actually, uh, the result that sticks out for me was um, when they made the comeback, having had a couple of problems, not the easiest of springs. uh, And they went very, very well at Rebecca Farm back in the uh, four star there back in July. So only a few weeks ago. Um, But am I right in thinking that there's a Rebecca Farm connection with Campari FFF as well? Absolutely. Rebecca Farm actually owns Campari FFF. That's super fun. 
Okay, so Team Rebecca Farm will be cheering Mark on massively this weekend. And he's he's one of those riders that has really put in the miles this year. Spent a lot of time out on the East Coast in the early part of the year building up to Kentucky. And so quite special to kind of be heading back closer to home um, and being able to, to compete at home at the American Eventing Championships as well. So uh, definitely looking forward to them. Um, Sophie Click has uh, quid pro quo quid pro quo I couldn't even get my words out then listeners um and another combination that actually went to Rebecca Farm in the three star um a little bit earlier on in July and finished top 10 but had a very steady run cross country so I can't help but feel perhaps they were saving themselves for what was going to be a bigger occasion this time um in order to put their foot down on the accelerator um my final one that I want to mention is Caravaggio and actually they are the combination that I think I'm going to put up for the win uh Rebecca Breitling um is the rider they've had some really good finishes uh haven't been out of the top five in their last well they've never been out of the top five actually as a combination um so I think they're they're my sneaky choice for topping the podium this weekend um i would i would i would back you up on that one she was meant to come out for the kentucky for the four short for kentucky but um they had a um a minor setback of some sort i it might have been the ehv one um and they didn't make the trip east but it's a very very good horse and beck is a very very accomplished very good rider there we go. Um, they're ones I'm looking forward to watching this weekend. Anybody else? Anything to add for the Adequan Advanced National Final? $60,000. Listeners, $60,000. I mean, it's a lot of money at stake. Yeah, and for the last couple of years, we've made sure that every rider competing in the division walks away with money down to, in even in Kentucky, down to 25th place, We, we the, they walked away with essentially their entry money back. So. Uh, what do they have to do to enter, Rob? So they need to, and Kate, Kate's the expert on these qualifications, but I know that they need to get through at the level. Um, they have to have, I think, gone clear or with one refusal. Is that right, Kate? Uh, yes. Twice. Two events, two events without cross-country jump penalties. Yep. Okay. There you go. No, there you go. Okay, cool. Alrighty, I was just wondering how many riders would be uh, busy calculating their airfare to be able to come over and become, you know, see what they could do, what damage they could do to the leaderboard, but um, they'd have to make a longer trip of it. Um, I, I have one thing to add, and I'm sorry, as is always way when I start a podcast, the people next door have decided to begin to drill to the center of the earth. So I don't know if you can uh, pick that up, but I, I'll That's go back crazy. on mute in one second. One thing to mention about Rebecca Farm, just looking at it across, I mean, um, as you say, Nicole, it's not too long since we've, we were looking at the international classes there. Uh, it is a place that's really, really difficult to make the time. So in terms of how that competition plays out, looking at, um, you know, I'm still... I'm still sticking with Nemesis, but looking at how those horses are going to do dressage tests, like you're going to have quite a few, I expect, in that division, somewhere probably between 28 and 33. You'd expect with that group that we're looking at, it'll be reasonably bunched up in there. To be honest, I know we talk about this a lot in 
maybe the four-star short at Kentucky is something that we will have been able to reference in the last couple of years as a comparator. But Rebecca is one of these places where it really is just a platform, that first phase. And then you begin to see cross-country and, and in particular cross-country time penalties being a way in which the horses are going to be separated. So it's always, I think, a really, I love that that particular profile, profile of event where the action and the uh, placings are probably going to be decided in what we like to have as our um, as our most influential and our our you know our signature phase of eventing. And I expect uh, it's another big benefit of of having the AEC at Rebecca is that we're going to definitely have um, influence around the time cross country. And I expect it'll be fast horses that that come out on top, not just in this division, but you know across um, across the weekend. Yeah, and with Ian Stark designing this as well as the um, as the normal Rebecca Farm, I'm actually really excited to see how he's changed the course over the last six you know six weeks with the team there from from Montana to you know utilize the the property maybe differently and add that little bit extra of championship level. So yeah, I'm, it'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, and I think you're getting a lot of riders that maybe haven't ridden an Ian Stark cross-country course before. So that will be really exciting to see uh, across the levels, people getting to ride his mastermind courses at all levels. They are in for a treat and also a sleepless night pre-cross-country. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is it definitely a treat? Is it, it's definitely a treat. Uh, Ian will also have a sleepless night pre-cross-country, so uh, they won't be the only ones, but yeah. Uh, I think the cool thing about, I mean, all the, um, you know, we're actually really lucky at the moment in the sport that we have such a collection of uh, thinkers who are involved in our cross-country design and our cross-country building. And it's something that we're talking about and thinking about so much more. And, and Ian is absolutely to the forefront of that. It's absolutely one of the things that you want to be able to say that you've, you know, you're, you're, you're competing on and riding on an Ian Stark track. What makes that special for me is the is that he will also have been thinking about this and the level at which to set different challenges, the the detail. And Nicole, I know you've interviewed him on this a number of times, and he's come out and spoke publicly, you know, as to where he feels the sport is at different levels and the, and the challenge that is as a designer in that so important that you're consistently helping combinations to learn you know, so that they can face the challenges that will equip them well to step up the level so that we do have horses arriving. You know, we've talked about Protoni and, you know, potentially some of the people who won't be at the AEC is because they're representing their country um, in the Italian hills. But to be fit for those challenges, we have to make sure that, you know, the horses get the right challenges all the way up. And that's something which is really big on Ian's mind. That's a really difficult challenge because that means you've got to actually set... Uh, courses which will challenge combinations sufficiently that they can learn equally as the social license for the sport and the you know the the horse welfare that we all hold so dear to what we're trying to achieve here um, becomes even more to the forefront of our conversations you, you don't want to see horses fall and you don't want to see riders fall so that balance between challenging horses uh, within the level at which they're competing and equally representing the sport in the best possible way is not a question that you can answer easily on any podcast and in any one article or in any one committee meeting. But it is something that we know from Ian that he's thinking about and talking about a lot. And so it's a big coup again, Rob, as you say, to be able to 
have that level of thought uh, going into the AC again. Agreed. Yeah. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, Kate, was the adult team championships, because that yeah. sounds very fun. It is. So the adult team championships have really gotten extra popular the last several years. We had really record participation from them in Kentucky. Um, we offer the adult team championships at the beginner novice, novice training and preliminary levels. And I'm really excited to report that we actually have participation in those championships uh, from nine out of the 10 USCA areas this year. We have 89 riders across 23 teams, which I think is really exciting. And those riders compete in um, the normal AEC divisions. They have to be in the rider or the amateur division to be eligible for an ATC team. And so they are eligible for all the AT AEC um, loot and prizes, as well as getting a separate adult team championship award ceremony. So they can essentially get uh, double the fun with all of the prizes across both divisions. And um, it's a really exciting part of the AEC, I think, because you just add so much camaraderie and a team atmosphere. Um, you know, just having the team element at the AEC, I think is really special and it gets the adult riders really involved in having fun. And we also offer a special party for them on Thursday night, um, as well as a young rider program party. But um, those are supported by the areas and by Rebecca Farm. And it, again, just provides a really unique atmosphere for them to come and uh, get to hang out together and cheer each other on and, and represent their area. So it's a really exciting thing that is offered and, and that people get to participate in. I love the team aspect. I always think it um, just really adds something to a competition because it's not just yourself that you're cheering on. It's your teammates as well. That kind of brings out this extra competitive edge and you get a bit competitive against all the other areas as well, which mm -hmm. I think just adds to the occasion. Um, you mentioned the parties there, Kate. Yeah. The parties would be a bit of a feature wouldn't they, of the AEC. Um, and the Broussard family, I know, are pulling out all the stops this year. Yeah, we're so lucky to, again, be at Rebecca Farm because we know that they know how to present a good party with great food. Um, they work with caterers and um, uh, just really good teams to bring nice food every night. So the, the Broussard family um, is hosting a welcome party on Wednesday night. On Thursday, they're going to host those adult rider and young rider parties. They're also going to do um, an exclusive um, opportunity for all of our officials that are on site. They really make sure that everyone who's participating has a nice um, experience there. So they'll, they're going to have a, a separate function for the officials and, and let them interact with Ian Stark and get to learn about the course. And then on Friday night, we'll have the competitor party. Um, so they're really pulling out all the stops. I know they've gotten some area support, especially area seven hosting the, um, you know, adult rider and young rider program parties, but Rebecca farms really, really going the extra mile to give us that championship experience and make everybody feel really special and like they're having a really fun time. I, I usually go to the AEC and lose weight through the week, <laughs> through stress and work and whatever else. I think this will be one of the first I ever go to and I probably will gain weight all week. So <laughs> I'm going to get my fill of Huckleberry ice cream and Huckleberry milkshakes. And like Kate said, I mean, the Broussard family, they go 
over and above. It's pretty amazing. Well, and I just, what would that be now for? I was going to say, what's your, Huckleberry? For a little Irish fella now. What, what, what would that be? <laughs> a little Irish fella. Well, let's see. Uh, the, the, uh, the Huckleberry is, I don't even know. It's some, like, it's like a blueberry, I guess, Kate. I don't know. It's, you know? But way better. Yeah, like way better. Mm-hmm. And it's everywhere there. You drive around and they have, I'm pretty sure they have like, a Disneyland equivalent of it's called Huckleberry Land. Like it is, it's, oh it's a big, God. yes, it's a big thing. And, and That's I, Rob's right. When I've been out there, I eat Huckleberry ice cream every single day. It's, it's so good. Oh, I've just, Dee's probably doing the same as I was doing is just Googling Huckleberry. Um, they do look quite like blueberries, but obviously, you know, next level. Yeah, and they always send me home with a little bit of jam as well, like blueberry or you, huckleberry jam. Can you make a huckleberry gin? I'm sure you can make gin out of anything, right? Gin, oh, there you go. Anyway, you have me, you have me sold. Um, <laughs> quick question for you all before we finish. Um, D is nodding his head, listeners, um, just in approval of the huckleberry recipes. That <laughs> so I went, I went deep down the huckleberry rabbit hole here on Google. <laughs> I'm looking at it, I'm saying family is a blueberry, but you know, not quite the same genus, apparently. So anyway, I mean, I get I get where we're going. I like it. Um quick question for you all. Aside from the huckleberries, what are we most looking forward to about the AEC this year? I'll go, I'll go first. It, Cause it's an easy one for me. It even despite Rebecca's gonna be amazing, as always. But I will say what is so amazing about the AEC is just the emotion and the feeling. It's palpable when you when you get on grounds to the person who simply completed the competition and is crying and hugging their pony or horse or draft horse or whatever they've, they're riding in the championships because you see it all. It's just I have never been to an event that has that feeling. So that's every year it kind of restores my hope in humanity and this will be no different. I know. Very fair. Similar to that for me, it's, it's the award ceremonies. Um, Again, just making, we, we actually invite the top three from every single division to come have a press conference and really give them that professional experience. And um, it, again, the, the award ceremonies, you just get, people who are so grateful to be there and so grateful to finish at a national championship and to place is such a cherry on top. Again, like Rob said, the emotion you see people in tears, thanking their horse. Um, it's a great event where you really notice people thanking the volunteers and the event staff. And I think that's so special to um, see riders uh, appreciating that and seeing the staff appreciating the riders. It's just a, you know, a love fest all around. I like this. I like where this is going. I love fest. <laughs> I'm really and, nervous you know. about what you're going to say now, D. I don't know why. No, We're no, just going to take this. I haven't been to Rebecca yet, and uh, it is one of the big missing events on my bucket list to go. And and part of that is um, comes from you know. Anytime we're in the US and like all of recognizing that all of the events, particularly on a USEA show, we have to recognize that all of the events bring their own unique uh, charm and challenges. Everybody goes back to to Rebecca as this special place. And, and I suppose part of it, when we think about not just eventing as a sport, but equally 
just physically part of what makes it special is by the time you arrive in in montana everybody has had a shared level of you know travel and effort to all be here and your love for the sport is what has gotten you this far to couple what is and feels so special about rebecca with the aacs is what i think you potentially bring together here you know you're actually bringing one of the events which i think is probably one of the most talked about on the usea calendar with one of the um championships which is you know one of the most loved in terms of the emotion and the story and i think while having the aac at kentucky you know and that you know as you said rob it's been in is it is it seven seven areas now of the of the tenth I, I think that in itself is is worth noting again but i think when you're able to couple something as special as the aac emotion with something as special as as the rebecca emotion i think that it's it's going to feel yeah i mean <laughs> love fest is love fest is going to be interesting but yeah i agree it's it's going to bring together a lot of what we love about the sport I am going to now sound very mercenary because you're so lovely about it, but I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to take home the dollar because I just don't think we can underestimate how important it is for the sport to have prize funds such as that that $60,000 prize fund but put up um, in the advanced final, very kindly supported by Adequan. I just think that is massive for the sport. And I think it's massive for the spectators as well, because, you know, when you get that kind of money, people turn up and they throw it down um, and they really, you know, put it all out there. And I think that makes for great spectacle viewing. I just think it's brilliant. So, yes, you're all highly emotional people and I love you for it. Um, and are being so kind about the ACs, but I just want to know who's going to take home the money. Um, you know, and, well, and the kicker too, is that not only does the advanced champion take home a big massive purse, but the beginner novice junior rider takes home a purse as well, which you don't see that at like any other competition. So exactly. Yeah. It's um, pretty cool. Cool. Uh, that is what I'm talking about. So, uh, yeah, I'm going yeah. to I'm going to be very mercenary, but I'm going to say the money. Um, and I have yeah. to say, at this point, um, we're not ignoring Max, uh, but she had to dash to deal with something, um, and so we will catch up with her at some point, very very soon. And I hope at some point, obviously, big couple of weeks coming up with Protoni and the team heading out there. So. Um, we will catch up with her, but I didn't want you to think that I was just ignoring her on this call. Uh, listeners, thank you. We hope you've enjoyed looking forward to the AEC with us. Um, team, thank you all. It has been lovely to have you all back in the, the family, so to speak. Um, I do love a show when we're all together. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been a good one. And I'm looking forward to the AEC now. Um, Kate, good luck. Rob, good luck. And we will enjoy watching. I think we can tune in Horse and Country live stream. Is that right, Kate? Yeah, so you'll actually have ride on video on site, live streaming. You'll be able to find that on the USCA website. We've got athletics and Frankie Terriot Stutes doing commentary for the upper levels, but Horse and Country TV will also be carrying the prelim through advanced. So um, our European viewers may tune in as well. There you go. Something for everybody to enjoy. Um, look. We're looking forward to it. We hope you guys are as well. We have got lots more coming your way in the next 
few weeks, listeners, um, because, of course, we're building up to those world championships. And I think our next show, we should have some very special guests on it. I will say no more. Just keep your eyes peeled and watch this space. Um, But for now, that is all we've got time for. A big thank you for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you haven't already, go and check out uh, the Grassroots Show, which is available on this channel as well. Looking forward to the AEC with a few really interesting stories. Um, Well worth going to give that show a listen as well. But for now, that is all we've got time for. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.